All right, welcome back, Psychonauts. So we've been talking about IQ, and we went over a ton of stuff with that, and I said we were leaving off um, and continuing on with this one with personality traits. So let's get into personality. So we were talking about tests. So another test is a personality test. And these are tools to assess an individual's characteristics to identify various problems and psychological disorders. That doesn't sound as fun as it maybe sounded. Um, but it's designed to predict how a person might behave in the future. Um, so that can be helpful. So see what how their brain acts in different situations kind of thing. So, hmm, we'll get into more of this in just a moment with the Myers-Briggs test, which is kind of a uh, specific one in that regard. So uh, the next test I want to talk about is an objective test or objective test. And these are usually constructed in a limited or forced choice format. A person must select one of a small number of possible responses and a specific scoring key is then created. So, all right, now I mentioned just a moment ago that I wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, personality tests and stuff. And probably the most famous personality test is the Myers-Briggs test. And this test focuses on how a person takes in information, makes decisions, and approaches day-to-day -day tasks, which sounds a heck of a lot better than our last one of personality tests, tools to assess an individual's characteristics, to identify various problems and psychological disorders, and to predict how a person might behave uh, in the future. All right, this sounds a lot better. So. Um, this Myers-Briggs test, it categorizes personality on four different scales for the most part. Introversion versus extroversion, intuition versus sensing, feeling versus thinking, judging ver ver versus perceiving. And you can take these tests online. And um, I, I did one of these and I, I there's so much information here, I'm not going to go over everything uh, with you guys, but wow, I, I, I was amazed at how much this was me it just by answering a few questions it really told me a lot about myself or things i already knew but i guess just different perspectives and stuff i i was i was just amazed kind of thing so anyhow i, I would encourage you if you got a, got a moment to take a look at some of those things it tells you about strengths and weaknesses and relationships and jobs and just all kinds of really neat stuff so all right another test for you guys projective personality tests. So a projective test. These encourage test takers to respond freely, giving their own interpretations of various test stimuli. All right, you're probably going to recognize the, the name of this one coming up here, but the Rorschach inkblot test, or just an inkblot test. So I'll talk more about that in a little bit. So um, these tests are open-ended examinations that invite people to tell stories about pictures and diagrams or objects. Um, children might be asked to draw pictures and then describe what they've drawn. Uh, the test taker will project their feelings, uh, perspectives, and attitudes onto the tested items. So, uh, like I said, the most famous one now, the well, I'll get into you know some of the issues with this, but the most famous one is the Rorschach inkblot test, and these are ten cards with inkblot designs on them. And they are designed to elicit emotional responses. So when you administer these, the administrator hands them to the patient one at a time, asking, what do you see? All right. And then the psychologist asks, um, continuing on, uh, the psychologist asks certain general questions in an attempt to discover what aspects of the inkblot determine the person's response. 
So the psychologist keeps a record of all these things that the test taker does. So what they are seeing, um, how they hold the cards, the length of time that they have them, the pauses they take before answering. Now, scoring is up to the person who is recording all this stuff, and it is very inconsistent. So. Um, According to one system, for instance, a person who mentions human movement more often than color in the ink plots is probably introverted. An extroverted person will mention the color more than the movement. So these are all, like I said, just kind of up to the interpretation of the person giving it. So it's not very accurate. All right, the next test, uh, uh, the thematic apperception test. Alright, and this consists of a series of 20 different cards. The last one was 10, this is 20, containing pictures of vague but suggestive situations. The individual is asked to tell a story about the picture, and they will, um, you know, what has led up to the event. So whatever's going on in the image, what, what led up to this? Tell us the story of how they got there, what is happening at that very moment. Uh, what the characters in the picture are feeling, what are they thinking, uh, what the outcome of the story will be. And the TAT um, is used to urge clients to speak freely about their problems as, as they view this and, and talk about them. And finally, let's talk about Sigmund Freud and the unconscious. All right. Sigmund Freud, as we've talked about before, this guy is outdated. He doesn't really know his stuff anymore, but uh, I guess we should we should always bring him up just as kind of the history part of it. So when we talk about all the stuff with intelligence and the personality and stuff, um, you know, Freud identified some of this early on uh, with you know the the id, the ego, and the superego. So let's talk about the unconscious part first. And this is the part of the mind that contains material of which we are unaware, but that strongly influences our conscious processes and behaviors. And like I said, the id, the ego, the superego. And this kind of gives a little idea into personality, and that's why I have it in this area. All right, so let's start off with the id. Uh, this area of our, our brain, or our unconscious, uh, this is the container of all of our instinctual or biological urges according to him. Remember, this is all according to him. And usually these are urges for food, water kind of thing. It's the just primal things that we just, whatever it is that we want. Uh, sometimes Freud would call this the pleasure principle, seeking immediate gratification of desires regardless of the consequences. Think of Cookie Monster. Me want cookie. That, that's all he wants. He doesn't have anything else in life. That is him. That is his id. All right. And the ego, moving on, is the part of the personality that is in touch with reality and strives to meet the demands of the id and the superego, which we haven't got into yet, in a socially acceptable way. So, um, and Freud says that we usually hit this part of the ego by the two to three year old mark of life. And it is the rational part, is the sensible part of our personality that is the reality principle. We understand that there, I can't always get cookie kind of thing. I can't always get what I want and I have to have restraint kind of thing. So um, just trying to balance, I guess. So if a person is hungry, the id says, let's eat all the food, me want cookie. Ego says, look, 
The body needs a real food and a certain amount of food. We can't just eat all the food. We need to save more for later kind of thing. Um, if you ever had a family go out of town and they leave money for food and you get a, uh, a pizza or something like that, if you blow all your money on food the first night and you eat all the pizza and stuff, you don't have anything for the next couple of days kind of thing. So the id would have you eat everything. The ego says, hey, let's ration this food. And finally, the super ego. And this is the part of the personality that is the source of conscience. Uh, and it counteracts the socially undesirable impulses of the id. It's the moral part of our personality, some kind, sometimes called the moral principle. Um, and uh, it, it shows lots of restraint. And it uh, can create a lot of conflict and problems. Uh, think of it as uh, when you feel uh, heavy amounts of guilt or your conscience is just totally like, you know, picking on you about stuff. This is the strict parent kind of thing. And um, it is responsible for socially responsible behavior. And like I said, the ego finds a balance between these two. So the id is, you know, I want that candy no matter what. And then the super ego says, it's wrong to steal. No matter what means you might steal. And the ego says, hey, let's wait till we have money and then we can buy that candy bar. There is no stealing. And yes, stealing is wrong and stuff like that. But let's find a way to make this work kind of thing. And the last little bit I want to talk about you guys with is a Freudian slip. And it is um, just kind of a, a fun little thing to end, uh, especially when we're talking about Freud, who isn't always the most fun to talk about. But a Freudian slip is an unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feelings. So, um, for instance, uh, I have a little comic here that I will do my best to uh, translate into audio, and it shows an old couple sitting at a, a table, and the, the man is going bald, and or is bald, I guess, and he says, I wish I had more hair. And his wife says, don't be silly, Billy, you got plenty of hair. Here's your bald, I mean your boiled egg. So she is, you know, kind of... Um, pointing out that he's bald. It was an accidental thing about what he really, what she really is feeling about him. So, all right, gang, that is the end of personality and the intelligence was part one. So hope you enjoyed and stay tuned. There's always more.